there are three common types of clinical studies that we deal with when we're assessing healthcare technology. And they're referred to as the gold standard comparison, which is for measurement devices. And then there's a gold standard comparison for screening tests. And then there are randomized clinical trials. So these are three methodologies for evaluating clinical studies. Let's take a deep dive into gold standard comparison for measurement devices. So gold standard comparison in its most basic sense is taking a new device or new technology and comparing it to what's considered a gold standard. So sometimes this gold standard is, is an absolute standard, like there's no debate, you measure it. It might be you have a ruler and you're measuring something and it's one inch. Well, there's no debating that that's one inch because it's a ruler and it's got an inch on it. I mean, I guess you could debate that the ruler is not accurate, but if you're assuming the ruler is accurate, that is your gold standard measurement. In the case of medical equipment, it's not always easy to establish an absolute standard. And more often than not, it ends up being some sort of an indirect method that has just become accepted as the clinical standard. So it has been proven over time, and the general sense is that this is the accepted standard test or standard technology for this particular situation. So now you have this new device and you want to compare it to this gold standard. So this new device might be less costly, but do the same thing. It might be simpler to use than the gold standard. The output is ultimately going to be hopefully the same. The gold standard might be an invasive type measurement or procedure, whereas this new device might be non-invasive. So these two devices are going to give you the same output, the same result, but there might be a reason for this device and the, the method of which you're taking your measurement or utilizing this technology is different than the gold standard. But ultimately, you're going to compare the results between the two. An example would be uh, a manual blood pressure cuff versus a digital. You go into a doctor's office and you are getting your blood pressure checked and they may have a stethoscope and they're listening to your arm as they pump the bladder full of air and then they're releasing the air and they're able to, to measure your blood pressure through that method. Or you might have a digital device that is able to do all that work and take those measurements on its own the manual approach has been accepted as the gold standard and these new digital technologies are always compared to what that established gold standard was. There's an analysis that's used in these types of gold standard comparisons and it's called the Bland-Altman analysis. Essentially what it is is a, a plot or a graph where you plot the results of your gold standard and you plot the results of your new technology, your, your comparison, and you're able to draw certain conclusions based on the trends and where those points lie and where they cluster to determine whether you have an adequate comparison or not. So for example, if we're looking at the manual versus the automatic blood pressure testing, you may have a test device, your reading on your test device says 120, and your gold standard says 116. Take another measurement for another patient. Your test device says 145, gold standard says 135. You take another test of another patient, device says 156, and the manual says 149. 
So you know they're not exactly the same, but now the question is, how close are they, and are they close enough? Is there a correlation? So the first thing you do is for each one of those results is you take the average. That is going to be plotted on your x-axis. And then you take the difference of each of those results, and that is going to be plotted on your y-axis. So you're going to have the difference from the two results on the y-axis, and you're going to have the average of the two results on the x-axis. And from that, you're going to be able to see some trends. You're going to see where those plots cluster. And you're going to be able to identify if those numbers cluster very close to the x-axis. That gives you an indication of the precision involved in that test. If the cluster is shifted above or below the x-axis, that's going to show you an indication of some bias. Your new device is consistently reading high, your cluster will shift above that x-axis line. If your cluster is equally below and above that x-axis, then, then you know that you don't have that bias, so the correlation is consistent. But even then, if you establish what the precision is, how close it is to that axis, and the bias, how shifted up or down from the axis it is, you still can look at the span along that x-axis. So as you go from the y-axis and follow over to the right, does that cluster change? Is toward the left of the plot, the cluster is below the x-axis, and then as you move forward, does that trend line, if you were to fit a trend line to it, does it change depending on whether you're looking at results to the left side of your plot versus the right side of your plot? And those differences can tell you something about your comparison. For example, if you look at your plot and you have a large cluster of results that are to the left side of your plot, and then you look at the right side of your plot, so further out along the x-axis, and you notice that you don't have as many points, you can draw the conclusion from that that you have too few high blood pressure points. So although you could maybe assume a trend in your results for the low blood pressure points, which are on the left side, in the high blood pressure area, you can't make any conclusions because you don't have enough data. So you have to be careful of if you make an assumption on the data for a certain range of measurements, you have to make sure that that actually can be assumed to apply to the full range of measurement results. Another example, so if you start off toward the left side of the plot and your, your cluster is kind of high up over the x-axis, and then as you move over along that x-axis, your cluster kind of drifts down and then eventually kind of clusters closer to the x-axis. In the case of blood pressure, you could assume that your comparison on the left side of that axis is showing that there's an unusual low blood pressure error. So your results when you're taking a low blood pressure, it appears that the cluster is shifted up, some sort of a bias that's in involved, but then as you go up in the blood pressure, your cluster gathers around that x-axis, so then you can assume that those results seem a bit more stable in the higher blood pressure points. So the point is you have to look at the nature of the cluster, make sure that it's consistent across the entire range of measurements. As we talk through these plots, and it's a lot easier when you're looking at them and when you have some examples of them in front of you, but you may be thinking, 
about correlation coefficients. Correlation coefficient is something that we often see in statistics, and it's basically a method of fitting some sort of a trend line to data. And if you have two data sets, you see where those trend lines are, and then if the slope of that trend line is the same, you have a very close correlation coefficient. The problem is correlation coefficients in themselves can be misleading. You might have two sets of data, and if you do the trend line for those two sets of data, you might have two straight lines with the same slope right on top of each other. Perfect agreement. Perfect correlation. However, you might have those two sets of data. Now you draw those two lines again. The slopes of those lines might be the same, but they might be shifted off of each other. One might be higher than the other, but they're parallel you can say that they have perfect correlation because as you move through the data, they have the same proportional characteristics because the slope of those lines is the same. However, if those lines aren't on top of each other, you can't say that they have perfect agreement. And that's where the Bland-Altman plots help because they're able to tell a more detailed story as to what that relationship between those data points are.